Hello everyone and welcome to the special Christmas edition of the BRFCS podcast in which we shamelessly and without fear of copyright litigation rip off the BBC's fighting talk. a panel in front of me to take part in this amazing contest. I'm sure you're all looking forward to listening and see who becomes the 2022 BRFCS Fighting Talk Champion. First, I have Josh Boswell. He's a filmmaker by profession. His world is advertising. He oversees the BRFCS forum and occasionally he's found in the same Ribble Valley barbers as Ben Brereton Diaz. How are you this evening, Josh? I'm fantastic, thank you, Ian. I'm much better for that introduction. I feel fantastic about myself. It looks as though you've actually been to that barber shop this afternoon. Your hair's looking immaculate from those days. I bleached it blonde as an old Paul Gascoigne for the World Cup, uh, ah. hoping that would bring football home, and seemingly it did nothing to help. <laughs> well, it's the thought that counts, as we say. Next in our illustrious panel is Stuart Grimshaw. He's a big fan of Tesla's. One of the magnificent IT gurus that keeps the DRFCS site alive and kicking, and is also a linchpin of the Sheffield Rovers Massive. Stuart, how are you this evening? I'm pretty good, pretty good, Ian, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be a, a Tesla fan at the moment, am I? Um, I'm, well, I didn't know I'm whether ed- that might feature in your, any other business round, to be perfectly honest. but uh... No, well, I can't say anything bad, otherwise I won't be able to start my car, will I? So, <laughs> Or he'll cut your brakes, one of the two. Okay, next on this illustrious panel, as I say, is Ryan Hildred. He's a native of Lincoln who ended up following a side just the convenient 120 miles away from where he lives. He's also gradually introducing his sons to the delights of following rovers, and don't worry, social services are aware. And his day job helps to keep the planet green. Ryan, how are you this fine evening? I am very well, thank you Ian. Thank you for pointing out my bad parenting and I'm sure the NSPCC will be knocking on my door this Christmas rather than me donating to them, so thank you for that. It's my pleasure. And last <laughs> but by no means least on this panel of all the talents, we have one of our youngest ever podcast, con- well I think he is the youngest ever podcast contributor. He also writes articles for the BRFC, uh, B- BRFCS website. He's a media student at UC LAN and he's honing his media skills by contributing those articles and insights to our, uh, our site and podcast. So I guess technically this counts as an assignment. He may even get a credit for it. He's also, of course, desperate to beat his dad in this contest. So I think we can expect familial sparks to fly. It's Matt Grimshaw. Matt, live from Preston. How goes it? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I wish it did count towards my course. I wish it was, I wish it was that easy, yeah. <laughs> and how, how's the mood in Preston after last weekend? Yeah, I, um, getting the train back wasn't exactly delightful. Uh, uh. <laughs> You've been keeping a low profile this week. Yeah, yeah. well, I took my Blackburn Rovers phone case off just for the journey. So, <laughs> Wise precautions, if I may say so. Right, we have a number of rounds in front of us. Our panellists are going to answer the questions that I've set. And just like the BBC fighting talk, which we are shamelessly ripping off, 
The two highest scores at the end will get to defend the indefensible. And I've got a few crackers lined up depending on who wins. But stay tuned right to the end for the uh, traditional Fighting Talk podcast extra as well. So we might give uh, the other two a chance to do their DTI. Right, we've wasted enough time. Let's get on with it. Question one in this first round. As Christmas is on the horizon, just imagine you could invite someone from the club to Christmas lunch at your house. They'll be with you all day. Who would it be that you invited? Why? And how would you entertain them? And just in case somebody chooses the same person that I've got in mind, maybe there'll be some bonus points if you read my mind as well. So I'm going to start in my Zoom window in the top left-hand corner. Stuart wearing the very natty bob hat. Who would you invite to Christmas from Rovers? Well, Christmas Christmas is a time for being with your family and friends. Um, and Rovers have got some players from abroad at the moment, some further away than others. So I'd probably, I'm going to invite one of the players who's probably not going to get home for Christmas, coming from the other side of the world. I'm going to invite the Chilean Ben Broughton over for Christmas lunch. I've been learning a foreign language on Duolingo, so I'll entertain him by trying to speak a speak at a lingo, uh, and he can we can see which one of us is worse at it, me or him. Uh, of course, we, what we shouldn't forget is that he, he has his, his Spanish-speaking comrade Daniel Ayala in the squad. So I presume Daniel translates when uh, when Ben's trying to make himself understood amongst the rest of the players. Uh, Josh, uh, does does Daniel follow Ben into the same barbers that you use and translate his requirements? Uh, I I am yet to see Spanish Dan in my barbers. I can confirm. Good stuff. Right, I'm going to move around to top right in my Zoom window, and that's Ryan. Ryan, who would you like to invite for Christmas lunch from Blackburn Rovers? Yeah, I had to think about this. I was thinking about players and going down that line, but uh, possibly the most serious I'll get tonight, I'm going to go for a member of the non-playing staff. Um, as Stuart points out, Christmas is very much a time for family, and there is someone at Rovers that works damn hard in making other people's lives good, and I think he deserves just to spend Christmas Day getting blind drunk with me, eating loads of food, playing loads of board games and all that type of stuff. So I've gone for Simon Wotton, the uh, the mental well-being officer at yes. the, the BRFC Trust. So this is a time to give back to Simon. He does a, a great job. And if he doesn't like my company, well, I'll just put on the Gillingham Man City playoff final because he is a Gillingham fan. <laughs> so we can just watch that together if I'm feeling mean. But uh, no, Simon Wotton, he, he deserves a... A nice day of indulgence at Shea Hildred. That's an excellent, excellent nomination. He does indeed. We'd like to wish, of course, all our Christmas greetings to everyone at the BRFC uh, Trust. Next, bottom right in my window, then, is the Preston located, as we mentioned earlier, Matt Grimshaw. Matt, who would you like to invite? Yeah, well, I've not gone for a player either, funnily enough. I've gone for a member of the coaching staff, and it comes with a little bit of a backstory too. Uh, another 21s game against Porto. But um, I met a certain David Lowe in the McDonald's car park on my way to pick up my Big Mac. And I just thought, when I was thinking of the answers, I thought he's a perfect man to have around. He's been at the club since 2011 in the academy he started, I believe. So he'll have plenty of stories about the, the comings and the goings and the differences between the managers and everything what's happened in what seems to be really since I started following Rovers. Um, but yeah, he's... I'm not lying, he's mainly in there because uh, his McDonald's order was very good. Um, he had a chicken sandwich meal, if anyone's interested. Excellent stuff. Uh, not the first Rovers person you'll ever 
bumped into in a McDonald's, of course. Would you like to share with the listeners the last time you bumped into someone from Rovers in a McDonald's? Yes. Um, Charlie Mungru, I mean, he went off injured away at West Brom um, when Harrison Reed scored. And I believe it was the same day that Richie Smallwood went in there, but I'm not sure on that one. Um, it was indeed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I remember I was on crutches and he'd just come injured. So, yeah, we were like a... A double act, if you will, an injured double act. It was kind of surreal, wasn't it? As we we sort of we hobbled across the well, you hobbled. We we skipped across the car park. You hobbled across the car park, and then just as we're getting into the car, I said, that's Charlie Mulgrew in full club tracksuit in McDonald's, or <laughs> going queuing up, and he'd just come outside. And of course, he'd been substituted. I can't remember now what about the seventieth minute or something like that. Obviously, <laughs> he decided he needed food, and he nipped across. It was just so surreal. But he was very happy to pose uh, pose a photo. So. Uh, well done, Charlie. And well done you for that answer. So last in this round is Josh. Josh, who would you like to open your Christmas doors to? Well, I'll be honest, Ian, it was a very simple answer for me, this. We've got some questions in this in this that I struggled with. This one was an easy one because I thought to myself, well, you can't cook. So who's going to uh, who's going to absolutely who's going to accept the basics? Nothing fancy, nothing any use. We're going to hit the target and then do nothing more. And I thought, there's only one man for, this, for the job. It's Steve Waggett. We're going to bring Steve over. He's going to have a microwave meal, clear, power high, three and a half minutes, served on a cold plate in front of crap TV that he doesn't want to watch. He can come at 12. He'll be out at 1.30. He'll be happy that he's had nothing flash. I'll be happy that I've done the job. Perfect. That that sounds absolutely spot on. I have to say, not none of you guessed who I had in mind. Uh, I was thinking, I too was thinking non uh, non playing staff. So I, I didn't know whether I should invite Paul Fielder to see if he can think of a way I could monetize my uh, my family Christmas lunch by charging my family and friends for for coming round, or perhaps selling them an NFT. Who knows? Uh, but of course, yeah, the, the honest answer, I guess, has to be if you fancy chicken biryani for lunch, you've got to invite Yasser Sufi round, don't you? Really? So I think he he will be he will be right at the top of my list. So that's a great round, everybody. Well done. Just to catch up on the scores at the end of that round, then Josh, you have four points. Matt, you have three points. Ryan, you have four points. And Stuart, you have three points. Okay, our next round is talking about one of the great footballing days of the calendar. It's Boxing Day. And what I want to know from our panellists is what's either your best or your worst footballing Boxing Day memory. So we'll start with the youngest member of the panel. Matt, talk to us about your favourite Boxing Days or your worst ever Boxing Days. Well, I've, I've gone for... Well, I had two in mind. There was one where I received a shirt with the name Bradley Orr on the back, but that's not the answer that I've gone for. Um, I've gone for when we played Leeds away in 2018. Charlie Mulgrew seemingly scored the winner in the 91st minute, and then came our roof, scored a brace in added time, and and it just it was just a terrible day. It was a terrible game. We didn't deserve anything anyway, but not getting it in the way that we didn't get it. Yeah, it was just it was just a miserable, miserable day. It's funny, isn't it, how, how football matches and. Uh, even if you're not there trying to find out the scores, you can pinpoint and remember exactly where you were. And I was in Manchester and we'd arranged to meet some of my family uh, and go out for lunch in Manchester. So we had a late lunch and we came out of the restaurant probably about half four. And Mrs. H said, oh, the, the shops are still open. Let's just let's just nip into a couple of shops. 
and I think uh, she wandered into uh, to M&S or some, something similar like that and I resisted the temptation to get my phone out and I thought yeah go on I'll just have a look and almost as, as I pulled it out we, we'd taken the lead the alert came on the phone and I sort of went a little to myself yes get in uh, and I put my phone away just as little Linda paid at the till we came out of the shop and I was just about <laughs> like put my coat back on Pick the phone up just before I did, and we were 3-2 down. And it's just so typically, typically Rovers. Josh, come to you next. What about your best or worst ever football in Boxing Day? Much like my typical spirit, I've gone predictably for worst rather than best. Um, <laughs> um, I've gone for the, the absolute obvious one, which I suspect others probably thought of and thought I've got something less obvious, and that's Hull Away last year. Oh, um, yes. Yes, yes, yes. As every, every Rovers fan knows... Um, your loved ones and people around you that uh, that don't like football will consistently tell you, don't bother, they'll always let you down. They never do what you think they're going to do. But last year was different. Last year, we were going up and the Boswell was assembled in the car and we travelled all the way over and we got to a place I've just looked on the map called North Cave, which is just outside of Hull on the M62. And that's when the worst bit about it all happened. There was the rumour. Do you remember the rumour before that it's going to get cold off? <laughs> in all the Twitter groups, it's getting called off. It's on the forum, it's getting called off. But there's no official announcement. So you carry past on past North Cave and you go past Brow and you get to Hessel just outside Hull. And it's at that point, as you pull off the motorway at the whole junction, you get told that the game is not happening and the rumours were right and you've wasted all your time. And that's not the worst bit. You then have to drive all the way back on the M62 and you've got to walk back in into your family's Christmas day and explain that once again, Rovers have let you down as they were right <laughs> and you were wrong again. Well, I suppose technically it was whole city though, wasn't it? It was letting everyone down. Because wasn't, wasn't the rumour that they got too, they, they were worried about the number of COVID, so they, they, they faked a load of COVID results to get the, get the game called, called off or whatever. I can't remember now. But my nephew, yeah, my, my nephew was on the coach travelling from Blackburn. Um, in touch with his mum and sort of saying like what's going on she says oh well, Solomon's gone on his own it's the first time I've let him go to an away game on his own so she was panicking I said well don't worry he won't even get off the coach except to go for a wee on the service station as he just I think that tarnished his uh, his view of Rovers away days right from the word go splendid excellent stuff Ryan let's come to you next then tell us about your footballing boxing days yeah, so I'm not going to be very original, I'm afraid, um, but there is method to this. So uh, Boxing Day is a big family time in my family, so I never go to the football on Boxing Day. Um, you know, I need to give back to my family, don't I, rather than abandon them on Boxing Day. And it just turns into a long old day, particularly if it's a game at Ewood. So it's hard for me to draw out the good memories because I've never been there. So my bad memories are just a combination of the two that, that Josh and Matt have said. Um so I've got a, uh, an uncle who's a Leeds fan. So Boxing Day at one of the family venues when that game, you know, transpired and unwound itself. Um, Boxing Day wasn't very fun for me after that point, particularly as I was uh, potentially giving it the big un uh, to him when we were 2-1 up. But hey-ho, that's another story. Always wait for the final whistle when you're a Rovers fan. I think that's, that's it. That's it. But the one I'll focus on is Hull because with it being Hull and less than an hour away from where I live... I got to go to Hull last season, didn't I? Boxing Day. I get to go. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, no, I don't. The shambles of last season, as it was called, 
I wasn't like Josh. I wasn't on the motorway because I was close. I'd literally just stepped out the front door. I think there was a little bit of snow and ice on my car. Wiped that off. Check Twitter. Game off. Wounded. The only time I could go on Boxing Day and it got cancelled. And I don't think I'll ever get to go again. So, yeah, mine is a, a deadly combination of the two that, that Matt and Josh have said. Fantastic. Excellent stuff. And last but by no means least then, Stuart, you didn't go to Hull last year, did you? I, did, I didn't go to Hull no, not last year. Um, genuinely, I'd, I'd pick the same game as Matt. Unsurprisingly, we were there together, um, crammed in the corner, spent an outrageous amount of money on possibly the worst seats in the Football League. It went from being the best Boxing Day to the worst Boxing Day in the space of a few minutes. So I think that Leeds game in was it 2018 qualifies as both the best and the worst. Can I, can I just uh, put yes. in there and say, well, technically speaking, we did go to Hull last year because we ended up making the uh, rearranged fixture. So uh, <laughs> it was wrong. That's fine you know, to talk, everybody. <laughs> I didn't even make the rearrange. I had COVID. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Yeah, classic. I think going to, going to an away game where it's postponed... Just just before we kick off, there there are two stories I remember. One is going to Barnsley once, which I think was possibly in the early nineties, um, and I thought it got it's quiet round the ground, and it was a bit, it was a bit misty. You didn't you didn't think anything about it really as you were driving up, but yeah, there was there was no problem finding a side street to park in. And I sort of like walked down to the ground. Thought, there's there's not many people, and Stuart and Matt will know this as you walk down the hill to the ground. That the, the fog was getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And there's just this guy on the on the turn side. Nail lad, it's off. I thought, great, fantastic. And then the other one, of course, was uh, at Ewood when I was actually sat in my seat at the Riverside against Wimbledon. I don't know if anybody else was at that game. Um, it was the Vinnie Jones yeah. era Wimbledon, and the heavens opened, and Wimbledon were out. The one where they went. So belly surfing across the yes, valley. yeah, yeah, and it was called off at like one minute to three with everybody in the ground. It was the right decision, but you know, for me that was an away game because I slept from from, uh, from Birmingham, I think it was back then, to get up, and I was absolutely bloody furious. But there we go. God bless. Just to Rovers. segue slightly, uh, Ian, the state of Rovers' pitch during our title winning season, I can actually picture what you're talking about with yeah. that Wimbledon again. My word. Yeah. How did we get away with that as title winners? Well, I love watching big match revisited on Saturday mornings because um, it, it has matches from the seventies and eighties and uh, and all that sort of stuff. And the pitches, my God, you sort of like in, in October and November, it was like Blackpool. It's just absolutely extraordinary. <laughs> Try telling the young people today they don't they don't know how lucky they are. Right, as we come to the end of a round, let's recap on the scores. I can go start at the top of my list. Josh, you have nine points. Matt, you have eight points. Ryan, you have eight points. And Stuart, you have six points. For financial reasons, the RFCS podcast needs a transition into a sponsorship message. This is that transition. You're looking for the perfect gift for a football fan, aren't you? In that case, you need to go to theterrorstore.com and search through the marvellous range of Rovers products. You'll see mugs, prints, bags and much, much more, all in the colours of your favourite team, Blackburn Rovers. And as you are a loyal listener to the BRFCS podcast, enter BRFCS at the checkout to secure a 10% discount.
Christmas. Christmas is a time for giving, not receiving. Who at Blackburn Rovers would you like to give a Christmas gift to this year? What would you give them and why? We'll start with Josh. Uh, a simple one. Again, for me, the, the hard questions are coming up imminently, so I'm a little bit panicked about my lead, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I would, if you if you go to Google and you search Lancashire Turf Wars, a football history of club rivalries by Steve Tong, you will see a very precise guide about what local football means in the northwest of England and why it's important that uh, club teams uh, put in good performances full of desire and heart as the basics against their local rivals. Uh, each of the management team, uh, and I include from Steve Waggett down on that front, and every single player which has featured in that game will get one wrapped beautifully by Mrs Boswell in the brown paper that she does at Christmas. Very nice. <laughs> I think we have a hallelujah chorus there. I think we absolutely do. Okay, this is the quickfire round. Matt, I'm going to come to you next. What Christmas present would you give and why? Well, I'm giving Tyrese Dolan a new pair of gloves. And that is because during the Preston game, there was a ball boy who was complaining he was cold. And Dolan took his gloves off and just gave him to the ball boy. And I thought that was really nice. And so I'll treat him to a nice new pair of gloves. Oh, that is just wonderful. I didn't, I didn't notice that. I've not heard about that. That's terrific stuff. Ryan, coming to you. Uh, so for me, I am giving Tyler Morton some new shin pads. Um, I know it's modern day football and Jack Grealish and people like that wear a certain style of shin pad, but just take a look at Tyler Morton. He absolutely takes the mick. They're not shin pads. I don't even know what they are. So Credit cards. It, it, credit cards, whatever they are. He needs something to protect those legs because they are a disgrace. And I'm from the era of nice big shin pads. Get them on. That's how you wear your shin pads, not what Tyler Morton's doing. And I've done a quick Google. I can even spend a tenner on them. There you go. Cheap and cheerful. Absolutely. Fantastic. Excellent stuff, Ryan. Thank you. I can remember one Sunday morning team that I used to play for. One of the guys turned up with a couple of penguin paperbacks one morning because he couldn't find his shin pads. <laughs> I think he just like went, went walk past the bookcase on the way out and picked them up. But there we go. Stuart, last in this round, but by no means least. Um, I'm I'm going to give the gift of perspective uh, to some Rovers <laughs> uh, fans. At the time time we're recording this, we're sitting in third place. Um, all right, we've come off two really bad defeats, but we are still in third place. And already we're getting cries of you know like tactically naive, and he's run out of ideas from all the Tesco Tesco Value Tites around the around the ground. So yeah, I'd like to give the gift of perspective to some people. That's what I like, a conceptual gift. Uh, I'd like to know how you'd wrap that, though. That's the only thing. <laughs> right, let's add the uh, the scores up for that after that round, rather, and see what we've got as we go into the break. So, Josh, you have got 13 points. Matt, you have got 11 points. Ryan, you too have 11 points. And amazingly, Stuart, you've got 11 points. Still three more rounds to go, and then of course we will end with the classic fighting talk, defend the indefensible. I'd just like to point out that Tyler Morton can't have credit cards uh, for shin pads. He's, he's not, not 18, to match attack, surely, because he's not old enough. <laughs> Fair point. Can have a debit card, but not a credit card. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.
Okay, welcome back everybody. We're doing our own BRFCS version of Five Lives Fighting Talk. We're hoping that no copyright lawyers are listening. And if they are, this isn't Fighting Talk. Not remotely, nothing like it whatsoever. It's a tribute, it's a parody or whatever it is that will get, get us away with it. At the moment, let's recap on the scores. In the lead is Josh with 13 points and Matt, Ryan and Stuart, amazingly, are in joint second place with 11 points. But who is going to break through to make the final and have to defend the indefensible? Let's press on and see how we get there. So, the next round. We've had to get used to a Winter World Cup this year, which has created something of an opportunity, I guess, for clubs to do a bit of scouting on the global stage. Of all the players that you've seen at this year's World Cup, who is the most Blackburn Roversy player that you've seen and why? And I'm going to come to Matt first of all. Uh, well, mine is a bit of a it's an in sour taste, if you will. It's one it's a one of the French players in their in their victory, should I say, over England. Um, and I, I did some research and I had a look and. He actually didn't have a very bad game, according to the stats. But I thought that Upa Meccano for France was playing like a prime Elliot Ward at Blackburn Rovers. He was just tragic. <laughs> I, everything he did, I just thought, that is rubbish. And I couldn't stop thinking about Elliot Ward. But as I say, I, I had a look and apparently he didn't actually have that bad of a game. He got a 7.2 on, on, uh, on FootMob. But yeah, I thought he was tragic and it was uh, Elliot Ward for me. Excellent. Thank you for that. Josh, you've been dreading this round, so let's get your answer out of the way. Well, yeah, but like Matt, I've gone for, well, I've gone for an Algerian Frenchman. Uh, I've gone for Karim Benzema on the basis of he didn't turn up. Uh, and is there anything more wrong with it than not turning up? But think about it. Uh, it's all about him. He's returned to the squad. He's just won the Ballon d'Or. He's going to lead his country to victory. Injured in training. Didn't play a minute. Uh, and... To cap off the most rovers way possible, undoubtedly, France will lose the World Cup final uh, on, the, on the weekend off the back of a chance that Karim Benzema absolutely would have scored. There, did you see the papers? There's some talk of him being um, being there and potentially receiving a medal because he was yeah, well, his name in the squad. Real, they've sent him out of Real Madrid training. Yeah. Real Madrid posted that he's left their training camp. Yeah. I don't know whether he can go back in, but... Uh, if that was Rovers, they'd probably pick him, actually, <laughs> thinking about it. That's a great That's answer. Good. That's a really good answer. Stuart, I'm going to come to you next. Who's the most Blackburn Rovers-y, if there's such a word exists, player that you've seen in the World Cup? Being um, the panel's official member of the left-wing liberal elite walker arty, um, I've not actually been watching much of the World Cup. Um I, I'd like to say it was, you know, some kind of, some kind of protest or, you know, some the way it was awarded and the corruption surrounding it and stuff um or the human rights abuses that have gone on but honestly it's more just out of apathy um so what i've done is i've gone um i've gone and and done uh what a lot of people do when picking players now they've um i've, I've gone and had a look at, at football manager um and looked at some players on football manager to see if i could find somebody that's playing at the world cup um and, and might be might be a good candidate for rovers the problem is um i've not bought football manager for quite a while so the version i've got is from 2006 <laughs> um, mark hughes <laughs> <laughs> i've managed to find a player though yeah. um who will fill a problem position for rovers uh left back 
traditionally we've um, we've struggled to find a good left back. Um, he's a young lad, just starting his career at Southampton, and I think he's got a very bright future ahead of him. I think we should be looking at Southampton's left back, Gareth Bale. <laughs> what happened to him? Okay, last in this round, Ryan. Who's caught your eye in the World Cup for all the right or all the wrong reasons? Well, we love a striker at Rovers, don't we? So we've got plenty in the Hall of Fame and we've got plenty in the Hall of Shame. And I think this guy can actually fit both of those categories at this World Cup. Nicholas Fulkrug, who is up front for Germany. Uh, a few things on this guy. How is he 29 for a start? He is not 29. He's 49. Uh, he actually gives hope that I could still play professional football and indeed at the World Cup. He's just given me the vibes of Chris Brown, Fode Coiter. But fair play to this guy. <laughs> he came on. He caused chaos. And actually, we've got two strikers in Diaz and Gallagher that don't want to play the big man role up top. Let's get Nicholas Fulkrug on a cold Tuesday night away at Stoke and watch him cause havoc. So Nicholas Fulkrug is my vote. Nicholas Fulkrug, not so much a footballer as an order for your next champagne delivery, <laughs> I, I think. I, I was thinking about this myself, and I thought, uh, you know, Blackburn Rovers, somebody flatters to deceive, so that's possibly the whole of the German squad, so Fulkrug certainly ticks, ticks the boxes there, or promises much but fails to deliver. Uh, and I don't know whether you heard the story about Gio Reyna in the US squad, who the manager threatened to send him home because he wasn't apparently showing enough effort in, in the game against Wales. Uh, and then a forward who gets injured all the time. I thought that was very Blackburn Rovers. So Enna Valencia of Ecuador, he would have been uh, someone I picked in there. That's excellent. Let's have a look at what that does to the scores. So Josh has now 17 points. Matt has 14 points. Ryan has 16 points, and Stuart, you've got 15 points. So it's all to play for, but it's tightening up quite beautifully as we move into round five. And what we're going to do in round five is we're going to have a look at New Year's resolutions, and particularly those that pertain to football. So I've asked the panellists, what footballing New Year's resolutions will you be making, or have already made, and which one is likely to either last the longest, or be first to be broken. So I'm going to come to Stuart first of all. What's the New Year's resolution list looking like for you? Um, I've got one football related uh, New Year's resolution and that's uh, I'm not going to get overexcited about our league position um, at least until late March or April and then I might allow myself a little uh, a little bit of excitement but yeah after last year we're in a very similar position we all know what happened then so um, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna look at the league table until the middle of April. <laughs> we might we might be in the same position, but how we've got there is is so fundamentally different. I mean, it's just it's just nuts, isn't it? How are you it's coping amazing. with the roller coaster? Absolutely amazing that we are where we are. When you think up until what virtually the last few days of the transfer window, we've 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 hardly even had a first team. We spent most of the most of the summer without a manager. Most of the summer without any recruitment going on whatsoever, lost what five or six players that would have been our first first names on the team sheet, and yet we've gone and done exactly the same as we did last year, um, and we're we're sitting in third place. And and apart from you know the odd the odd result here and there, we're looking pretty good. 
Um, I wonder if I'm, there's a Rovers fan that's that's only been to say four games this year, and that was Reading away, Sheffield United away, Burnley away, and Preston at home, and then looks at the league table and sort of like goes to see an optician straight away and thinks, "Nah, come on, you're having a laugh." I have to yeah, say, somebody's just come out of a coma yes. and they've seen the last two results, and it's like, what? Yeah. How many players were injured three weeks ago? Because your last two games have been absolutely bloody dreadful. Excellent stuff. Well done, Stuart. Thanks for that. Uh, Matt, we'll come to you then. So Grimshaw Minor, what, what's your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? Yeah, again, I was going to say something similar. You know, don't get my hopes up. Don't start jumping at Thomason now, like, like a few fans might be already. But I settled on the answer that I need to try and convince my friends that Ryan Hedges is as good as I say he is. Because they've been to three or four games now this season and he's not performed and I've been bigging it up and I've got a Welsh mate and I've been saying, look, he should be in your squad. You wouldn't have gone out if he was there. He's seen Hedges play and he's done nothing at all of the games that they've been to. So I'm going to try and convince all of them this year that Ryan Hedges is the player that I think he is and I know he is. Good for you. Uh, there's definitely a talent there, but like so many of the Rovers' first team squad in the last two games, in particular, it's 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 undercover, shall we say? It's in hiding. I'm not quite sure what the hell's gone on, but there we go. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to come to you next. So, footballing New Year's resolutions. Yeah, this could get broken in 14 days uh, of January. So, I am not going to go to Rotherham expecting us to win, like I do every time. Um, this is my closest ground, so it's not even fair that I never see us win at Rotherham. The one time we did win at Rotherham in the last nine times, I wasn't there. And this record goes back to 1982 for the record. In a pandemic season, we don't beat Rotherham. In a League One promotion season, we don't beat Rotherham. I've seen Jason Steele's awfulness on a back pass. I've seen the late equalisers. You name it, I've seen it. And I just know I'm going to go to Rotherham. I've been given the opportunity with this early kickoff now to not go to Rotherham, and I can watch it on TV, but I'll still go to Rotherham because it's my closest ground, and I'm going to be disappointed when we don't win. So that my resolution is I'm not going to go to Rotherham and expect us to win, and I will stick to it. I thought your resolution there for a moment was going to be you're not going to Rotherham, and I was about to sort of say, well, that, that's a really brave, but yeah, not going and <laughs> expecting to win, I think is absolutely up there. I can tell you now, Stuart and I have been to Rotherham to watch Rovers on a number of occasions, and once went to watch Accrington Stanley, and I've still not seen either Rovers or Accrington Stanley win at Rotherham, and it, it, for us too as well, it's our nearest ground, or well, it's certainly my nearest ground, I think Wednesday might be nearest uh, for, for you, Stuart, when they get back up, but... But yeah, uh, we, we shall travel in hope rather than expectation, I think, on that basis. Josh, let's round this one off with you then. New Year's resolutions. Uh, I'm U-turning here. I had an answer and I've changed it. And I'm looking into the future here and I've listened to Stu's impassion, impassioned speech a little bit earlier about not getting ahead of ourselves. And uh, But don't worry, we're third, which is quite, quite, uh, quite uh, a parallax, but we'll go with it anyway. Uh, and I am going to make a promise here to two friends uh, and colleagues that I work with on BRCS.com. And that is when we are sat together as we have booked tickets in advance for Blackburn versus Burnley at Ewood Park. And 
we're at half time and we're three nil down and we look to our left and we see Blackburn end with no hope and we look to our right and we see 7,000 dancing dingles having the time of their lives. I am going to promise that I'm not going to turn to Stu and say, as I did uh, against Coventry when we needed to get a result, Stu, I told you so. <laughs> this is how supporting Blackburn is. <laughs> It was extraordinary, that, I must admit. <laughs> I think we could have written the script in the car park between us for that game. It just so that, well, we, I suppose with so many Rovers results. But yeah, that, that, that Burnley game is going to be quite interesting. I think it's one of those that, for whatever the outcome, will probably stay in the ground for a long period of time after the game. Because if we lose, you don't want to be walking out in front of Burnley fans. And if we win, you, know, you, come out, you don't want to be running away from Burnley fans who are keen to get revenge one way or the other. They will get us, I'm sure. Uh, looking forward to it, though, he said, un- unconvincingly. Right, let's revisit the schools and see what the answers in that round have done to the uh, to the overall picture. Josh, you now have 22 points. Matt, you now have 18 points. Ryan, you now have 20 points. And Stuart, you now have 18 points. So it's still all to play for with uh, one more round to go. This will sort out the wheat from the chaff, as they say, by giving the panellists a chance to talk about what grinds their gears and what gets on their goat in everyday life. It's the any other business round. And I'm going to start with Matt. So, you have the floor. Air your grievances. The topic of your choice. Well, mine is sort of football-related, um, but it, it affects my life in other, other ways as well, but not so much at the minute. So I was going to sit here and have a go about the train strikes and I was going to complain my head off about the train strikes at the minute, but I thought that's unfair. There's reasons for it. I, I can understand the reasons for it. So instead, the biggest, well, the, the biggest thing that I'm finding a problem with at the minute is with stagecoach buses, whether it's they're on time, whether it's that they just cancel for absolutely no reason. They disappear off the screen when I'm sat in the Blackburn bus station after we've just lost 4-1 to Preston. It's... It's buses in general, and it's also the fact that there is, seems to be no buses on match days that go anywhere near Ewood Park. And it's the fact that I have to get off the bus in the town centre, go to Weatherspoons, and I want to step out of Weatherspoons and go to the ground and enjoy the ground. But instead, I've got to work, walk 30, 35 minutes to get to the ground. And, I, and that's it, buses in general, but typically stagecoach buses, to be Absolutely. specific. I can I can I can empathise with you hugely from my student days, where I could I could theoretically catch a direct coach that went from Accrington straight to Loughborough, but it took about five and a half hours, and it was only in later years when I started going on holiday and I realised I could be halfway around the world in the time that it took a Yellowways coach to get from uh, Accrington to Loughborough. God bless them. Who wants to stop for forty five minutes on Derby bus station? I ask you. <laughs> Just I feel like um, I feel like one of them dads stood on the sideline at football on a Sunday morning here with Matt answering the question. Like, Come on, get in! Come on, get in! Get stuck in, both feet. Bloody hell, ref! Never mind. Excellent stuff. If you don't right. give him the points, I think he deserves it, and I'm going to start laying into you in a minute. Bloody hell, ref! Come on! 
<laughs> okay, we've heard from the son. Let's hear from the father then. Stuart, what's your AOB? I think we had a hint earlier, but let's see. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, prepared, um, I'd prepared an answer um, about going to support your local non-league football team over Christmas because um, they need the money. It's a, a good... Uh, a good entertaining game of football, but I've had in in the time of recording this, my internet connection has dropped out three times. So my any other business is bloody internet in this country is awful. We're supposedly one of the countries of the world that invented this technology. Back in the seventies, there was a BT engineer who had a plan and costed out a plan to upgrade the hundred and odd year old fiber uh, uh, copper network that this country runs off and upgrade it to this newfangled technology called fiber optic that was in the 70s we could have had it we could have been one of the first countries in the world and when when the, uh, the fiber internet rolled round, we'd have been one of the fastest in the countries instead of we're languishing in something like 40 odd fastest country in the world and you've got Thatcher to thank for the fact because she wanted to uh, privatise BT, make some money off it so she wouldn't let them do it. Flipping internet. Get it sorted. <laughs> Excellent stuff, I have to say. Excellent stuff. I'm sitting here, though, luxuriating in my BT full fibre uh, internet, so if it cuts out any second now, I will double the points that, that, that you get. Okay, Ryan, <laughs> over to you. What's your any other business? Yeah, so um, I do a lot of driving, obviously, supporting Rovers, because every game is an away game for me. So I have a lot of interactions with our general public in petrol stations. Um, so my AOB is petrol station etiquette. And there are two things that grate my goat here, or whatever you want to call it. So the first is those people that, when they can move forward and fuel up so that I can then go directly behind, then we can fuel up together and then leave. Those type of people are something. But the sick people that go to a pay-at-pump pump and select pay-at-kiosk and hold me up, now they are a sick, sick breed. The amount of time I've wasted on these people ridiculous so that is my gripe that's my aob i think i've spent a third of my life asleep as we all do probably the another third waiting for people at petrol stations just a joke you've absolutely nailed it there my friend uh, absolutely nailed it uh, the, the um pay at pay at pump option and then walking into the kiosk is one that gets me every single time I use a petrol station. I will relay a short war story from the uh, the last time I went up to Ewood a few weeks back. Uh, and it was at the Tesco's at Rising Bridge. And I was pull pulled off the motorway and pulled in. And there were there were some issues with the pumps. And this, this one guy drove up in the, the aisle next to me and stopped at the first pump. He didn't drive on to the next one. And the guy behind him was absolutely <laughs> incandescent. Decent. I could see he's banging his steering wheel. He's giving it the V's and everything. And he gets out of his car. And I'm thinking, this could be really interesting. Because what I'd noticed was the out-of-order sign that was hung on the pump in front. <laughs> <laughs> and he's about about to give this guy full, you know, full everything. And then he said... 
Oh. <laughs> and he sort of like went to go back in his car and sort of like waited. I thought, oh, that oh. was just so delicious. I was kind of like watching. I almost like overfilled my car. It so, gets well, me every time. Every absolutely. time. And yes. unlike our broadband, we've actually advanced in this country on petrol stations. And why people still do it, it's just... Well, yeah. we should ask Stuart about using petrol stations, I suppose. <laughs> I feel like um, talking about petrol stations feels like a, a Peter K monologue to me. Petrol stations, who, who remembers, remembers them? them eh? yeah, yeah. What, were that, what were that all about? What were that all about? <laughs> Excellent. Right, Josh, we will finish the AOB round with your good self. What's your AOB? Playing for second place here, because if the points don't go to Ryan, I'll be done. <laughs> Uh, I do a lot of driving as well. Uh, recently, I've been to Lincoln and I've been to Loughborough. What do both of those have in common, Ian? Ooh, they begin with L. They begin with L, that's correct. They also uh, involve what I believe to be one of the biggest cons in this country, the Peak District. It's an absolute con of nothingness. What is anybody doing in that place? As far as I'm concerned, they can flatten the entire lot, and I appreciate I'm speaking to people from... Rotherham and Sheffield here, flatten it, tarmac it, put a big sign up saying if you're here, carry on the, according to Google Maps, 92 miles and carry on going to the Lake District because that place is useless. Get rid of it. <laughs> Give me a, yes, you rightly say, for someone who lives on the doorstep of the Peak District, um, you, you're clearly not visiting the right bits of the Peak District. But in terms of comparing it to the Lake District, it is absolutely a poor second. There's, there's not, no... even, not even the same sort of district. We're talking yeah, about yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's clear blue sky. But when you've uh, when you visited places like Rotherham and Doncaster on a regular basis, then trust me, the Peak District is quite attractive. And as I, as I used to go to university in Loughborough, and, and Ryan is from Lincoln, <laughs> I think yeah, if, you, if you're going to slag, slag those places off, then you, you're really pushing your luck, I have to say. <laughs> Any road, brave attempt, brave attempt. But you didn't score as highly in that round as Ryan did uh, for, for, I think, what are now obvious reasons. So let's have a look at the final scores on the doors and see who's going to go through to do the defend the indefensible. In fourth place is Matt with 22 points. In third place is Stuart with 23 points. In second place is Josh. He let the lead slip at the end there by slagging off the Peak District with 25 points and nailing it with the petrol stations in the AOB edges Ryan into first place with 26 points but that means nothing because the winner all hinges on defend the indefensible I give each of our guests a, a proposition and they have to defend it however awful however terrible however much they disagree with it and as the highest scorer Ryan I will come to you first and say do you want to go first or do you want to pass the honour on to Josh and you can respond? Uh, I'll hear Josh first. Okay, we'll come to Josh then. So Josh, uh, get set your watches. You will have 20 seconds. Uh, when we hit the 20 seconds, I will just yell stop because I haven't got a bell or a whistle with me. Uh, I will read out your DTI and then 20 seconds starts from that point. So Josh, as a Christmas present for the fans and to give Blackburn Rovers the best chance of winning promotion this season... The club should go all out to bring back Tony Mowbray immediately. <gasps> 20 seconds from now. Well, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm, completely, I'm completely out of ideas. Well, 
If if you want to if you want to go, you only need to look at the job he's doing at Sunderland, and that is as as with Blackburn. So why not do it here so we can all suffer together? I've, that that's absurd to me. I've spent years fighting this. That's your twenty seconds. Uh, I think it's fair to say, in the spirit of fighting talk, that's possibly not not the best DTI I've ever heard. <laughs> and the rest of the three panelists, I think, are, uh, are sort of like agreeing with that, but. Yo, Ryan, you've still got to knock in the open goal and make sure you don't do a Chris Brown. <laughs> so, same principle applies. I will read your DTI and then you have 20 seconds and I will I will count you down as we, as we get closer to that time. So, Ryan, your DTI is... The biggest off-field challenge at Blackburn Rovers right now is increasing profitability. The only sensible course of action, therefore, is to double all ticket prices immediately and treble the prices of concessions. 20 seconds from now. Uh, well, this makes sense, doesn't it? We've got a core of our fan base that stay away, and even if the tickets were a pound, they wouldn't pay it. So the people that can afford to go, we might as well just charge them and bring in the money, and then we can sign a striker in January to replace Diaz in the summer. So there we go. Makes complete business sense. And with three seconds to go, there you go. Okay, well done, Ryan. That was excellent stuff. Uh, you weren't up against much, I have to say, without wish- wishing to disparage Josh. <laughs> it was an open goal. You did manage to sign footy to Ladies and gentlemen, the BRFCS 2022 Fighting Talk champion is Ryan Hildred. Ooh. Done is re- re-read Steve Waggett's plan here. <laughs> That's yeah. what I should have said, shouldn't I? Who, who, show, who showed you the business plan? <laughs> <laughs> we got a cease and desist. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> Excellent stuff. So we're, I think we, we should now give uh, an opportunity to, to Matt and Stuart to do their DTIs. So, uh, Stuart, do you want to go first? or No, I'll let the youngster go first. Okay. Yep, that's fine by me. So, Matt, you want to have a go at DTI. So let, let's have a father and son playoff then. So your DTI is, there's only one club on the planet that can successfully rehabilitate the reputation of Cristiano Ronaldo right now, Blackburn Rovers. Yeah, well, obviously, we're too nice as a team at the minute. That's why we've lost two, two games like that. Maybe a destructive personality is what we need. I think if he wants to, if we want to make him happy, we could sack Thomas and get Ole in or even better, make him a player manager, really make him happy so he's happy playing and he's happy doing what he does best. And we can get his son in the academy as well for the future. Great investment that would be. Excellent. That's really good. OK, so this father and son playoff in the podcast extra... Matt scored an early lead. Can Stuart equalise or perhaps even win at the end of the day? 
Stuart, you have 20 seconds. The most enjoyable season for Rovers fans in recent times was 2017-18. I, for one, will therefore not set foot inside Ewood Park until Rovers are back in their rightful place of League One. Well, I mean, this is a bit of an easy question, this season, because that season was one of the most enjoyable seasons. And if all I have to do to get another promotion season out of it is not go to Ewood, save a few quid, I've been in Yorkshire for quite a while now, then that's fine. I'll I'll miss all the games you want. Matt doesn't need a lift anymore. He lives in Preston. It'll save me the electric on the car. Sorted. Excellent. I think that's an honourable draw. I am not coming between father and son and saying this. But I think you know, Matt, Matt has laid down a marker there that he's ready to take the squad place of his father if his father doesn't pull his... Uh, pull his I, I, think, I, I think Matt won that. It was very good. Well done, chaps. Uh, that was our BRFCS take on Five Lives Fighting Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed listening to your answers. Thanks very much for giving up your time and all the very best. Matt, thank you very much, sir. Thanks for having me, yeah. Stuart, thanks for your contributions. Cheers, Ian. Cheers, lads. Josh, thanks once again, even though you slagged oh, off the Peak District. <laughs> and our winner and our 2022 Fighting Talk champion is Ryan Hilke. Congratulations, Ryan. Thank you, Ian. Thank you for having me. Merry Christmas, everyone. Absolutely, I will endorse that. Merry Christmas to everyone out there listening to this, and thanks for your support. And you're on mute. That'll be why nobody's flipping listening to me. (laughs) Take two. And from the the top. Is, is, is that it? Have you finished now? I'm, I'm last, last, I have to say, last time we did one of these, I had to fade Stuart out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what the subject matter was now, but we, when, I, when I did the post-production thing, I faded him out and then waited 20 minutes and brought him back in. The rest of the panel went out to the pub, had a pint, came back. And said, That's thing. I know, you faded out the best bits. I was ranting about why we were treating the NHS like a charity. I think, oh, that's right, yes, yes. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Absolutely. And absolutely. I, did, I did consider having another rant about the nurses having save to it, Save it for the podcast extra, then. <laughs> That'll save you from all that. Excellent. Where did you go in the Petrus that you thought it was so awful? Well, I don't go anywhere because there's nothing there. You just drive through it. You just drive through it, through, is it Buxton and uh, Matlock? Buxton's lovely, yeah, Matlock. Matlock! Batewell. Batewell's It's terrible. Yeah, the tarts. I'd prepped a whole thing about Elon Musk, because I, I was sure you were going to give me a detail. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a bit too obvious, that, to, to be perfect. I just wanted to come out of the I prepared a whole a whole thing about um, about how he was a he was an evil genius and that his his plan to go to Mars and everything was basically just me ripping off the plot to Moonraker. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder whether making making a round you know, Elon Musk takes over Blackburn Rovers, but I put that as a thread on the forum, so I thought that might be uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, what what would his first actions be and all that sort of stuff? But, uh...
Podcast, sponsored by the lovely people at the Terrace Store.